You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We look at 2 Corinthians where Brother Remus read the Word of God and enjoyed hearing you read today. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Every, you get turned there, and I'll, let me begin by saying everyone goes through this journey of life and you experience trials, everybody. I, I promise you this, there'll be physical trials. There just will be physical trials. You don't get out of life without pain and joint pain and neck pain and knee pain and stomach pain and all these different diseases that come. That's just part of the last journey. And I don't know, I don't know how my last journey will be, if it's going to be abrupt, or if God's going to allow me to suffer through life these last days. But I do want to know this. I hope that I could suffer like a Christian. I hope if it's physical suffering, I think of some of my dear preachers, I think of Dr. Tom alone who spent, he preached all the way to the end, but the last two years, he slept in a a recliner chair. He just could not get comfortable with arthritis and other things he faced. Uh, So many of these preachers went out with suffering physically. I thank God for their testimony. Uh, In your journey of called life, there's going to be physical, there'll be mental stress on your life. There'll be emotional stress on your life. There will be. There'll be family stress on your life, disappointment. You didn't raise your child for this or for this or your grandkids, but unfortunately, that may be the trial that you're going to have to face. It might be that you're a grandparent that spends the last 10 or 15 or 20 years up at night praying that God would bring your grandson or granddaughter back home or God would bring your son or your daughter back home to him. I have so many friends all over this nation. I've preached at churches all over. You name the state, I've been there. And I've preached everywhere in some states, multiple. Someone, they keep record. They said in Los Angeles alone, I've preached 769 times in Los Angeles. And that was several years ago. I've preached, you name the state, I've preached there. I've met people all over the country, but I tell you, I find that some folks are suffering with a grandson that's a drug addict and grew up in a Christian school or a drug or multiple children from multiple women's are incarcerated. Please pray for my my grandson. He's in jail. My grandson, he's in prison. And here these white-haired, elderly grandparents sit brokenhearted because of a wandering son or wandering daughter or wandering grandchild. I can promise you this, they're going to come, those trials. It may be physical. It may be physical and mental. It may be physical, mental, emotional. It may be family. It might be financial. I remember my sweet father lost his business, went into business in 59, and things were rolling. In 1961, he lost it all. But you know what? I also remember as we moved into a a little place, just two rooms, two bedrooms. Not not a two-room house, two rooms. 
No kitchen for us. No living room. Two rooms we rented. No refrigerator. You put the milk out the night before. You go down to the corner house and you bought the milk and you put it on the ledge when it's cool. We'd eat breakfast in the park. Mother would try to make us something like a sandwich to go to school and lunch. Then we'd eat every dinner at nighttime, every night in Oak Park in Stockton, California. And we'd barbecue and make, that's the way it was. But I remember my dad and mother still family Bible time many nights because other salesmen, the Nestle salesman would come and he'd rent a room over here. And this salesman, and my mother and dad said, we can't sing loud tonight, kids. There are other people here. I don't want you to sing loud. Mother and dad would pray, we'd sing, we'd read the Bible, just like when we had a business. And we went to church just like we had a business. And dad would write Calvary Baptist Church on his check on Saturday night to put in the offering plate. On Sunday morning, we took a Bible church and dad and mother sang in the choir and taught Sunday school. Nothing changed, but the whole world caved in on us. I promise you this, there will be trials. And I'll promise you this, you're not the only one going through trials. I'll promise you this, that yours is not greater than the next guy's. Everyone has trials. Amen. Count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptation, divers' troubles, knowing this, that the trial of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work. God is going to make me a better pastor as he puts me through the school of sorrow and the school of suffering and the school of hardship. It is not to be against me, it's to be for me, that I might be conformed to his image, that I can be for him, and that I can be for my family, and that I can be for this church, what God wants me to be. That's the avenue God to take. Uh, sometimes we get all obsessed with all the sorrows we have, and we spin our life to that sorrow, and that'll destroy you every time. I want to have a joy there's within my heart, a melody. I want to sing. I want to shout. I want to come to church. Church means more to me today than ever before, but there's more difficulties today than ever before. And I listen, I long, choir, you know, yeah, July night, you come out here and the choir loft is filled and the orchestra is filled and God's people are singing. What a joy it is to be in God's house. I look at the apostle Paul and he speaks of these trials and many of these trials come because of sin. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Actually, some have died. There's, the, there's, there's because of sin we have trials, and because of self we have trials, and because of sensual living we have trials, and because of Satan we have trials. But here is where God sent these trials, seeking to conform the Apostle Paul to the image of Christ. Trials will leave you betrayed. Trials will leave you broken. Trials will lead you and sometimes into bondage. But God will use these trials to become the blessing in our life. Don't attack God, the Bible, Christianity, the church, the Christian school. Don't blame when trials come, don't attack when trials come. Don't get bitter when trials come. Don't complain, don't become the victim. Don't make statements of hatred. 
See, because if we're not careful, we want answer. We want explanations. God does not send explanations. God sends promises. Hudson Taylor died after, a little after 1900. Hudson Taylor, uh, China Inland Mission, the great missionary to China. Ch Hudson Taylor wrote his wife and said, 25 cents to my name. 25 cents to my name. But I have the promises of God. Teenagers, there are over 8,000 promises of God in the Bible. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. All the blessings of his love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. He promised, Jack, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. Jack, I'm with you always, even to, Jack, my grace is sufficient. Jack, I want to, you can glory in your trials, knowing this, that the trials, God, God says, Jack, you have eternal life. I love that. I love it that my God says, I want to tell you, son, I'm the same, son, I'm the same yesterday, today, forever. God told me, hey, son, I want to tell you, you have the right to come boldly to the throne of grace that you, son, may obtain mercy and find help in the time of need. God says that his word for me is going to be sharper than a two-edged sword. God says he'll send me the comforter. And when he has come, he'll convict me of sin. He will comfort my heart. He will teach me all things. He will guide me in truth. I'll tell you what, I'm on the winning side tonight. God's so good to me. God's been good in my life. And so if we're not careful, the trials come. We say, okay, I'm moving. I'm quitting. I'm done. I want you to see these trials. And Paul was saved. And the Bible says in verse number five, of such a one will I glory, yet not in myself, I will not glory, but in my infirmities. And he continues to use that word from this point forward, infirmities, infirmities, infirmities. We don't know what it was. They believe that because little, little four foot ten apostle Paul, historians tell us, that great light on that Damascus road in Acts chapter number nine affected his optic nerves because we do know they had an eye that, eyes that ran constantly. And perhaps that could have been, most theologians think that's the thorn in the flesh. Uh, they made fun of him. His bodily presence is weak. He's contemptible. He had this thorn. It was a very obvious thorn in the flesh. And the apostle Paul calls it infirmity. I promise you this, if God's going to use you, you can be as independent as you want to be, but if God has his hand on your life and God wants to use you, he will send you through the school of adversity. I don't know what you're going to face. I don't know what sorrows you're going to face. I don't know what hospital wards you'll be in. 
I don't know what the doctor's going to say about what, what the prognosis is. I don't announce it because so many times most people don't want it, but if you only knew the events that took place, the physical sorrow and suffering and heartache and reversals that happened this week in this church, your mind would spin. Here Paul has infirmity. Some of you are going to face infirmity because you're fighting God. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you. You're, you're saying no to God, no to God, no to God, and God has given you opportunity. Some of you have been raised in a Christian school. You went to a Christian church, or you've been in the ministry, or served God, and you went to Bible college, and some of you have, have even started the ministry, but you, you get away from God. God's going to get you. I'm not saying God's a big boogeyman. I'm saying God loves you too much to let you wander very far. Oh, I wish you knew my dad sat right there for 33 years. My mother and dad were the best people I've ever met. And I watched my dad go through heartache after heartache after sorrow after loss of hearing and failed hearing, uh, hearing surgeries that they said promised he would hear and cancer and cancer surgery and a stroke and all the things he went through in a car accident in 1962, a brand new, they built these things called a van in 62. And on the Dumbarton Bridge, right before he got there, as he was on, approaching the bridge, the brakes locked up on a brand new van. And the wheels that he had from the, the company of selling tires, it came rolling forward. And the brakes you came hit him in the back of the head. He wound up in the swamp and out in that water. God brought him home safely. I remember when that baseball hit him in the hit him in the eye. They said Jack's up to bat, and he went turned around to look Jack batting, and a guy threw a ball that came right and smacked all the glass that went in his eye and his eye, eyeball and the surges that it went through. I remember he lost that business. I, I remember it so very well. I remember the day I never really got to meet my grandparents, my mother's parents, no, but my grandmother in 62, she died. And I remember hearing him get that call. My blind mother just passed away, age 62. And I remember how my dad took that. I remember how my dad just trusted God in those days. The sweet little lady that wanted to Christ at the wood belly, pot belly stove. I want you to know the trials are real and the trials of life. I want you to see Paul in verse number seven. I want you to see the aim of these trials, the purpose of these trials. Lest I should be exalted of the measure. Lest I should be exalted. He says that twice in that verse, the latter part, lest I should be exalted above measure. Paul said, I don't want to magnify myself. I don't want to talk about me. And so God is going to, the purpose, God wants this pride thing in my life under control and he'll reduce us to reduce these opinions and narcissism and controlling spirits of ours. And Paul said, I, I, don't, I, I know what the purpose is, is to keep me walking humbly before him. That's the purpose, that's the aim. The second purpose, the second thought of trials is the attack. Look at verse 7. There was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan. Satan can send trials into our life. Hast thou considered Job my servant? 
one that escheweth evil and one that loveth God. Have you ever thought about that Satan was walking to and fro? And the Bible says, Satan, once again I face Satan, I'll face him tomorrow. I don't know what he has planned for me, but I know that God is there also to protect me and nothing touches me but that it's filtered through the hand of a heavenly God. There's no mistakes with God. Tonight I get home from church and our house burns down, which I don't want to happen, and we lose our belongings and we lose our heritage and we lose our possessions. Uh, I'm not going to quit on God. That's God. Uh, uh, we, we've, been, we've been a couple occasions, everybody knows in this neighborhood, it's published in the bulletin where I'm at on Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and robbers have known that in the past. I can recall going home, and one night, my wife said to me, hey, uh, she walked this way, I walked this way, and she came out and said, hey, Jack, come here. I don't know why she calls me by my first name. You know, it's kind of rude. But she called me, hey, said, Jack, come here. And I obeyed, I could tell, and I obeyed, and I came, and she goes, let's go out and get out the front door right now. And we went out the front, and she had heard someone walking out the back when we came in. And she got back in some other rooms and saw it it, during church had been ransacked. They took the pillowcases off and just filled them. She had one valuable item from her mother. Her mother died at age 45, left eight kids. She had her wedding ring. They took that, never got it back. I want you to know I'm not going to quit the ministry because we've been robbed at Sunday night. I'm not going to quit the ministry if the house burns down. Sister Jackie Van Dyke, I, I replay. I never crossed First Street. It's all different now. That night you had that accident in the 80s. Uh, it's all different now. Early 80s. That was that middle area that your car, that those people ran it, and, and you went. And, and uh, I remember getting there and seeing a sweet, sweet, beautiful lady that my wife and I have learned to love. Her and her husband so much like family, like parents to us, although they're not old enough to be our parents. I remember seeing that pretty sweet lady in that accident. But you and Brother Van Dyke never, never wavered. I think how suddenly God took Billy, your son. He was never sick, just all of a sudden God just took him. I was at that cemetery this week where he's laid to rest. A young man left those kids. But you didn't change. You didn't waver. You didn't attack God. I, did. I passed with these people, whether it be the Scurdies back here, the Manleys, the Yakovs, the, the Floods, the Harders, all you people. Have so many. It go on and on and on and on. I'll have you all listed in the bulletin next week. There's not a one of them that's not going through sorrow. There's not a one of them that's not suffered heartache and disappointment along the journey of life. But along when I had the sweetest visit with your dad for a few brief, I know you've gone through sorrows of life, but there they are in church tonight. And they go to church faithfully. But man, this born of one of his days are full of, full of troubles that sparks fly upward. Here, here we, we have the, the aim and the attack of the devil, and he'll attack us. And I want you to note that with that attack, he buffets us. That, that is to strike or to beat with a blow. Notice the third thing I want you to see, the asking. 
For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that he might depart from me. Thrice that it might depart from me. His prayer was answered by denial. When God answers your prayer with denial, are you quitting on God? You give up on God because he said no. He knoweth the way that I take. And when I'm tried and purified, I'll come forth. My goal is not to get God on my agenda, but to get me on God's agenda. I want you to see number four, the accomplishment. Look what it says in verse number nine. My grace is sufficient for thee. God says, I want to accomplish something in your life, Paul. Jack, I want to accomplish something. He says, I'm going to give you grace. And he says, I'm going to give you strength. My grace, my strength, I'll give that to you. He'll give you power. For he says, most gladly, therefore, I glory in the in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Brother Lawman and other men that have preached a long time, I can hear a man's voice when he's suffered through sorrow. I, I don't need to know the man. I've been to conferences all over America, and I, I, sometimes I'll preach with men I've never, never even known their name before, and I'll say, okay, he's been through the school, hasn't he? Sometimes he's a young man. Sometimes he's a middle-aged man. Sometimes he's an old man. But I hear him preach. I think, he's been through the school. Yeah, I can hear it in his voice. I can see it. I can, I can watch it. He's not harsh with those people. He's not hard on those people. He sits where they sit. He knows something about sorrow. I want you to see, I want you to see also number five, the attitude. Verse 10, I take pleasure in infirmities. The attitude is not to complain and to gripe and yell at God. Not blame. Adversity is there to help us, not hurt us. Take your psalm book in closing, if you will. I'd like you to turn to page number 380. 89. Take a look at this song. And you've listened so well. In 389. Are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Sing the second line. Are you grieving over joys departed? Tell it to Jesus alone. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He is a friend that's well And in the mixing room, would you make sure the microphones are up and the and the auditoriums? I want them to hear you singing. I think all of our elementary school teachers, I think all of you, Tabitha, and all you elementary teachers, this is your favorite song. I found that out in the chapel last year. What a friend we have in Jesus. Oh. 
395, we won't sing it. Brother Rodney Griffith, who wrote our theme song last year at the church, wrote this song. I was discouraged when no answer came, for I prayed for years and still saw no change. I was ready to give up, thinking, what can I do? When I prayed the last time, God's power broke through. Prayer is just as big as God is. Prayer is just as strong as God is strong. Prayer can reach as high as God can reach. Don't ever give up. Just pray. Just pray. I wonder, uh, 396, I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot And you have one more song. I have so many more I want to sing. How about 401? 401. What a great song. 401. If this world from you withhold of its silver and its gold, and you have to get along with Peter just remember. prayer. Father, I love these people so much. It's the privilege of my life to be their pastor and to pray for them and try to shepherd them, be concerned for them. I thank you for what you've done the last 47 years in our church. You're so good to us. And yet tonight as I this week thought of this message, I'm preaching it not just to individuals, but I'm preaching it to our church. Our church has faced every adversity, and it seems like they come so regularly. They faced every difficult, whether it be with the city or the county or the state, our finances. They have faced sorrows and difficulties and heartaches and setbacks. 
They've heard no so many times, but they've never given up. And Lord, I think of so many things you have denied us, and we have to say thank you, for we know that your way is perfect. When I don't understand your way, I know it's perfect. It's right. It's always right. God, may I not try to get you on my path and my journey, but may I get on your journey for my life this week. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.